0: Hello, and welcome to Talk Psych with Doc Raz. I'm your host, Doc Raz. Today I wanted to talk about the cost of recovery. I came across a post a little while ago on Instagram that talked about kind of the cost of recovery. It was focused more specifically on eating disorders, um, but it made the point that, right, this is a part of the conversation that we're generally not really having. Um, You know, we focus on the benefits, which is good, but we don't also talk with people and kind of normalize that sometimes there are cons to recovery or there are kind of negative consequences that can come from it. Um, And so I wanted to have a space today to start that conversation, to add to it. Um, Because, yeah, like I said, not a lot of people... I feel like it's kind of missed in the conversation and then people don't get sort of a full picture of what recovery may look like for them. Um, and this is going to be different depending on the disorder. So as I mentioned, I saw that post related to eating disorders. And so that kind of discussed... Um, and I'll see if I can find that post again. Um, but it talked about, you know, so if you stop engaging in, you know, eating disordered behavior, your body may start start gaining weight. So you're going to need to possibly buy a new wardrobe. You may start to feel kind of crummy about the new body that you have, right? That's the whole reason. That's part of the reason that you developed an eating disorder. Someone developed an eating disorder. Um, But you know, if you have to get new clothes because your body's changing sizes because you're now feeding it appropriately, that's gonna cost money. Clothes are not necessarily cheap. Um, And depending on the size that you're moving into, there might be limited options for clothes. You know, if you're now becoming a bigger person, especially a bigger woman, the options become limited. Um, and sometimes, yeah, a lot of times they're just not always that flattering. There's been progress made in the fashion industry to actually dress plus-size women in clothes that they would feel good in and are not just black and were mumus. Um Which, again, if that's your style, rock it, love it. That's good on you but that's not everyone's style. That's not something everyone gravitates towards. And so if it feels like that's the only option, <laughs> there's gonna be emotional consequences to the fact that you no longer are engaging in those behaviors that you were before. Um, and, and so, right, that was kind of the main focus of, of that kind of quick pose. Um, But we can apply this to a lot of disorders. You know, sometimes people will work to get better. And then there's impact on their social relationships. Um, It's unclear why people sometimes react negatively to someone moving through recovery. Um, Frankly, sometimes it's because it's nice for some people, not for all of us. Some people need that person to blame things on. They need that person to take care of. They need sort of that black sheep um, to tie all the issues of the world to. And now that that person, whatever kind of purpose you served for them, as you move through recovery from mental health issues, you're no longer serving that purpose anymore. You know, maybe you're moving through depression and you're starting to take back tasks and jobs that, you know, you were not able to do before in a strong depressive episode, but now you can kind of manage your life, your house a little bit better. Um, and so now they no longer have that person that's so dependent on them. You know, they have somebody that's able to do things on their own. Um, and so they're going to kind of inadvertently push back against that, saying, you know, they might imply things like, you still need me, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to stick, you're never really going to get better, you're always going to need my help, um, those sort of things. Or people are going to get really mad, they're going to work to put you down, you know, continue to attack maybe your self-esteem. Um, Pointing out all your flaws to maintain your anxiety, your depression, whatever. Um, To keep you in that role you functioned in before. Because you getting better not only impacts your life, but it impacts other people. And some people are going to just love it for you. They're going to love that you're becoming this person who does things that they want to do, even if they're nervous or anxious, that, you know, pushes through fear, pushes through the depression and lives a life that they enjoy. Um, You know, they're going to enjoy that you're now somebody that can kind of stand up for themselves and um, handle your business more. They're going to love those things for you, but there are going to be people who do not. Um, Whether, you know, it kind of helps their mental health issues or, you know, whatever reason. Um, So that's one impact that your relationships may change. Some are going to possibly change for the better. Some might change for the worst. And then you have to make that decision about whether or not you want to keep that person who's kind of freaking out in your life and that, that's a very personal decision about sort of if you cut them off how much you cut them off because um, there's a range you know it, it may be well I'm going to spend less time with you I'll go from seeing you weekly to maybe only seeing you once every other week once a month um, or I'm not going to see you at all anywhere in there is okay but it's it's a decision you have to make. no one can make it for you. Um, and another aspect is as you become better, you may also start to see people people, other people differently. You know, you may have thought very, very highly of someone. and as you move through recovery, you may realize like, oh, yeah, no, they are not as wise or as caring as I thought. Like, you may realize that there's different motives for their behaviors. Um, You may realize that some of the things that they are saying that you used to take to heart is really messed up or is just not factual, right? You may have thought this person really knew what was going on but maybe after you've moved through recovery maybe they see you know say things like men don't cry or suck it up or whatever um you may realize like oh I thought this person had it together I thought this person you know was sharing a lot of wisdom or was really wise you realize like no they got some really messed up thoughts and so your view your respect for other people may also change. Um, again, maybe for the better, maybe for the negative. Um, you know, somebody may have been telling you, I've had a few people say, oh, my daughter, or my friend, my sister, whoever said that to me, and it's like, wow. Yeah, I really like what they're saying. Because <laughs> it's in line with, with what I'm encouraging the person to think about. You know, whether that's, kind of getting more in touch with their feelings or their thoughts, um, they may have a family member that's saying the same thing, and you're like, yeah, that sounds like a really smart person, um, and so they may realize, like, oh, I was brushing off and kind of ignoring what this family member or friend was saying, and actually, they were giving me really sound advice. They were really looking out for me and trying to help me live a better life. Um... Also, if we think about, like, alcoholism, some of those relationships that people have are only built on... Well, okay, let me back up a second. Let me just apply this to all substance use disorders. We're all really addictive disorders. Um, you build relationships with people in those spaces, and if you choose to stop gambling, to stop drinking, um... Those relationships may end because sometimes that was really the only common ground the two of you had. You know, some people talk about, like, they kind of lost all their friends because all of their friends were at the bar. All of their friends also drank a ton. And for their recovery, for their mental health, they have to stop going to those places and now they have nothing in common with these people that, you, that they used to care about or spend time with. Um, and so that's another one that a lot of your social relationships, if they were built on mental health issues, may stop. Um, you may have people who don't understand why you're going through recovery. They may try to tell you you don't have a problem. Again, those people that are trying to maintain you as you were before, because that's how you best worked for them. Um, and so those I mean, in terms of social relationships, those are some of the impacts, some of the costs of recovery that your social relationships may improve, may stay the same. Um, or they may honestly get worse or just end altogether. Um Other costs, you know, we've talked about the financial in terms of eating disorders, but it's the same with, you know, depression, anxiety, things like that, um, where depending on kind of how your mental illness went, um, you, you may need to buy new clothes. You may need to buy things as a coping skill, um, option, And some of those things are not going to cost very much money, right? Like a fidget toy, you know, a popper or something. It's it's not that expensive. If that's something you need to kind of fidget with to to help you focus, to help you move through the day well, that doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, But if, you know, your main coping skill is some sort of art form, If you're buying it brand new some of that stuff is quite expensive um and so you have to figure out are you okay with take knitting for example i have a lot of fair bit of knowledge about that um you know are you buying yarn brand new or are you um i've seen the suggestion of buying old sweaters at you know goodwill or something and kind of ripping those out and then Then you have all that yarn that went into a sweater. Um, You know, are you doing that? Are you buying closeout sale yarn? So you may have limited options or this might be sort of your one time. And so if you don't have enough to finish a project, that's kind of it. Um, You know, if it's been discontinued or something, you know, these are things to consider. Um, you know, if you want to take a painting, I mean, buying paint, buying paint brushes, depending on the quality of them can also be fairly expensive. Um, and so are you buying brand new canvases? Are you choosing to, um, buy again, canvases, maybe at, like a thrift shop for a few dollars and then painting over it? Um, what are the things that you're doing because right, adding financial stress is only can move you back in your recovery or kind of stall out your recovery. Um, if you know, due to your depression, you weren't eating very much and now your depression is kind of, you're through that episode and you're eating more and your clothes don't fit very nicely anymore. Right? That's going to impact your mood and that's going to impact your wallet because we all like clothes that actually fit our bodies. Um, and so, so there's a financial cost sometimes for other disorders, right? They're going to start making money because they're not spending it. They're not gambling it away. They are not spending it on substances, cigarettes, alcohol, whatever. And so now they have more money in their pockets. Um, and so the, the cost of recovery is not the same for everyone. Um, other things might include, I mean, there's just the cost of therapy, cost of engaging with psychiatry, uh, maybe finding group therapy, those things also, if you have poor insurance, if you have high copays, that's gonna be quite a bit of money out of your pocket as well. Um, and with the system as it is right now, I know in some places it can be really hard to find someone to do therapy with. It can be really hard to get in touch with a psychiatrist. And then, you know, depending again on your insurance. Maybe you have high co for the medication, and so you have limited options for which meds you can and cannot take, dictated by copay costs. Um, and so I, I've had, you know, I think just once, where somebody didn't show up for an appointment, and I call them to say like, hey, we had an appointment scheduled. And she goes, I didn't have the money for the copayment." Um, you know, these things for most of us are not free. For some people, they have no copayment. And so it's just their insurance payment. Um, but for a number of us, quality insurance is also not cheap. And so how do you make that, that choice? I know my husband and I have been at the point where in the past he was on his parents' insurance and it was, it was not good insurance. The copayments were very, very high. And so we were at a, We were young enough and kind of poor enough that it's like, well, is this bad enough that you need to go to a doctor or can we kind of push through it or, or do things at home to help it feel better? And that honestly, right, that's a cost, uh, cost benefits kind of situation where we saved money in the moment because we didn't really have the money to spend on a $75 copay, um, but it's done more damage. And so we might be paying more now. It's a bit more feasible, but you know, what damage has it done to his body? There's also the health impacts of mental health. Hopefully if you're getting better, those costs of mental health is going away. Um, but if we think of like depression and stuff, you know, if you're not getting out of bed, you're not probably not brushing your teeth, probably not engaging in basic hygiene to keep yourself well. Again, that might also lead to some medical issues. That that particular cost of recovery is now that you're taking care of yourself. Um but if you address, you know, some dental issues that you have because you were at a spot where you were so depressed you couldn't couldn't brush your teeth, couldn't floss. Um you know, that's going to be expensive. On the flip side, you might start losing teeth if you don't take care of it. So that's up to you how you want to handle that business. Um, So those are just some of the costs of recovery. You know, it may increase other issues for you, and you have to kind of figure those out. But if you're involved with therapy, whether that's group, individual, whether it's, you know, private, public, you know, you're in Alcoholics Anonymous, um... NA, something like that. that. Those are spaces, I think, to have some of these conversations, to talk about these things, because you won't be alone. You're not the only one paying these costs. And other people can give you ideas of how to address them if you're sort of struggling. Maybe somebody knows of a... You know community resource or a really great thrift store with like actually really good options and not just a bunch of junk people dropped off um you know if you go thrifting you know that some stores get higher quality than others it's no dig at any of them um maybe they know of of food banks you can use so then you can kind of spend your money on something else um it really just depends on what would be right for you but recovery isn't just all magical rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes there's these other things we have to contend with now that we did not before. Um, maybe, you know, right, if, if your depression led you to not really eat, now you're eating more, your food budget's gonna go up. Um, you know, these are things that we don't necessarily talk about. So I just wanted to talk about it today. Um, I hope you all you know, if you have any thoughts on this, please feel free to reach out at talkingpsychwithdocraz at gmail.com or on Instagram or TikTok, Um, But I hope you all have a good day and you do something nice for yourself. Bye.